of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. I started to write this talk a couple of days ago, and as I was doing that, one of my sons knocked on my study door and came in. He had a book from our bookcase in his hand and a letter that he'd found in it. The letter was dated May 1993. It's only a short note, so I'm going to read it. It says, Dear Adele and Jeremy, The enclosed tea towel may seem rather bizarre, but we've been fundraising at church. This was one of the items on sale, and I didn't think it would come amiss in setting up a new home. I hope all continues to go well with you. With my love, Andrew. Andrew was my uncle, and it was the words, I hope all continues to go well with you, struck with me in preparation. These were the last words my uncle did write to me. Um, He died a short time later. But all does continue to go well. And I can answer that because I have a hope in Jesus. I have a hope in God's commitment to sustain and redeem creation. I have a hope that God will do all that he has promised to do. Much in life, however, seems really difficult at times. Life doesn't always appear to each of us to continue to go well. Every day we see things, we hear things, and sometimes we experience really difficult and devastating things. Just this week there have been the devastating events in Manchester, the loss of young life, an act of terror in our country. And then we can add that to all the things that we hear and see in the news almost daily of events streaming from Syria or Africa or the Far East. But what I want to say today is that we can continue well because Jesus is in heaven. Acts 1 verse 9 said, As they were watching, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus physically left their presence. He disappeared. We don't hear of any more physical resurrection stories. And what followed was a time of waiting. The apostles waited in Jerusalem, just as Jesus had asked them to do, for the promise of the Father for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come, when they would be clothed with power from on high. So they did what they were told, and they waited. The ascension, the movement of Jesus to heaven, is part of his exaltation. He's being raised up, given a position of prominence and authority at the Father's right-hand side. He has returned to his Father. He is in heaven Jesus, the Son through whom creation was made. Jesus, the Son in whom creation is redeemed. And Jesus, the Son by whom creation is ruled. The saving act of Jesus, the sacrifice of himself, the one who lived a perfect life, the sacrifice on the cross, and his ascension to heaven 
are essential parts of his atoning work. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He is an eternal priest, says the writer of Hebrews. His priestly service is a permanent applying of atonement for each of us. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, to read it again. Consequently, Jesus is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So Jesus is there to ask the Father for everything we need into eternity. He is beyond our sight, he is there in heaven, but ever lives to intercede, to pray for us, to look after our needs, to present us to the Father. So when we pray to God for help in times of need, for mercy, for justice, for confidence, for endurance, for peace, we have an eternal priest who can carry these prayers to the throne of God. And when we approach God through Jesus, we find in him a priest who saves completely and for all time. We don't have a priest who gets sick or who goes on holiday or who gets tired, takes advantage perhaps, but we have a faithful, steadfast priest who can be trusted, who always lives to pray for us. His ascension beyond our sight and his being seated at the Father's right hand are the continuing guarantee of our acceptance, our entry into heaven, our coming boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace. So things will continue to go well because things depend on the eternal steadfast will of God. I love reading, and one reason I love reading is that there are some wordsmiths out there who seem to be able to put words in a particular order that can absolutely pin down what they are trying to say. It's a gift I do not have. Poets have it, some preachers have it, and I love their craft of how they put words together to express thoughts, ideas, dreams. They can get to places with their imagination in words that I cannot But you see, our words, our speech, do not always need to be perfect. I know my words, my prayers, my verbal prayers are not. I can't pray in that way. I can't because I don't know everything, I can't see everything, I don't understand everything. I have a very limited perspective at times. And I also know that my heart at times is not big enough to hold all the pain that I can see in the world. Yet I know that praying works. I know that in some way my imperfect attempts at words, or even with silence, without words, are presented perfectly through Jesus to God. So I do know that when I pray, that I am actually joining with something that is already happening in heaven. And I am praying into to enter into this divine relationship that the Trinity enjoys And in doing that, I can learn to trust, to grow in trust, and to grow and become more like Jesus. For that's what God wants for all of us, for all of us and for this world, to be a place where the kingdom comes, where God's rule lives.
Prayer is the place where change begins. I left theological college um, only a year ago, um, and during that time I formed a prayer quad. Um, My three prayer partners are now scattered throughout the country, so we don't physically gather together to pray very often. We pray over email, the phone, Facebook. I'm also a member of another virtual prayer community of some 40 of us, and we pray for each other every day. Um, We keep in touch via email. Others I know hold me in prayer as I hold them in prayer, even though I'm not physically present with them. There's a sense here that when I pray, you pray, we pray. I know that one time a few years ago, during a period of some deep grief that I was going through, I shared with a friend my inability to pray more than an odd word, and that's all that my prayer life had dwindled to at that time. And she said to me, Adele, that she was praying my prayers for me. Um, She was holding me and carrying me in prayer at that time, and I'm sure she did for some time after we had that conversation. Prayer changes things, it changes the here and now, and it changes us. It forms community, it shows our interconnectedness, one with each other, each other with God, God with Jesus. So what should we pray for? We can pray for the kingdom to come and for God's will to be done on earth as in heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus' earthly ministry had been all about the kingdom of God. God's rule coming to earth the full and perfect reign of God sweeping our planet. So how does the kingdom come? Just three things very briefly. When we are in Christ, we are a new creation. We live in a new realised reality. We come to develop that relationship of trust, just as Jesus did with God. Secondly, I think we are challenged to live our lives as though we are in heaven. Charged to live lives of a high moral standard. Knowing that God has given us all the power and help we need to do this. Um, I'm thinking of the ladder of virtue in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5, which reads, Support your faith with goodness, and goodness with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance, and endurance with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. How we act, what we do, what we say really matters. I know we don't always get it right, but we have a really high calling to love each other. And thirdly, we are called to eternal glory too. Again, quoting from 1 Peter 5, verse 10. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Jesus is praying for us. I see him cheering us on almost. Through him we are changed. Our old lives have passed away. The new has come. 
We are called to become more like him. And we are called to follow, follow how he lived and go where he has gone. And this new life is a part of our church. It's the life of the church, of each person gathered here, of those in our wider church communities. Together we grow in trust. Together we serve. Together we are becoming more Christ-like. Together we join in prayer with the whole family of God. And as church, we are called to be salt and light in the world. This has a huge impact on our communities. Quoting from Acts again, Acts 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I can't remember which sermon or talk I've listened to recently, but I think the speaker was saying that in these times, the ends of the earth was Spain. Um, Their perspective was slightly smaller, perhaps, than ours. But we are called to be effective witnesses to our God. In Walderslade, in Chatham, in Medway, today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And in this place, we are called to pray and see the kingdom of God come in. Thy Kingdom Come is the name given to the Archbishop of Canterbury's prayer initiative from Ascension to Pentecost, and it's a call for us all to share in prayer for these 11 days, to be witnesses of the the faith we all hold to in this country. When Thy Kingdom comes in, what would we see? Well, we'd see the hungry fed, we'd see the oppressed released, We'd see those on the edge of our communities included. There'd be no more fear, no more loneliness. In God's kingdom, the broken are made whole, the sick are healed, and the sinner is set free. We are all called to join together to pray, to pray this for our country, for our community for the renewal of our nation at this time. And for this, we need help. We need the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit helping us to pray. So just as those first apostles waited between the ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, let us, over the following days, pray and wait on God. Let us pray for the presence of God to come and dwell with us, to transform us. Help us choose to align ourselves with the love of God in Christ and pray for God's kingdom to come in this place at this time. And let's remember that we can continue well. We can have confidence in this. Because Jesus has ascended, he is in heaven in a position of authority where he is continually praying and interceding for us to the Father. Amen.